بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واهجة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا صدق الله العلي العظيم My dear respected most honorable elders beloved brothers and sisters in Islam السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته First of all, we humbly begin by thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by glorifying and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this unique and wonderful opportunity to congregate in His house, to worship Him, to glorify Him and to send salutations upon His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallama. And we pray that Allah azza wa jal will continue to facilitate such wonderful opportunities for us in the future inshaAllah. Uh, some of the brothers who I see scattered towards the middle and, and the back, if I could request uh, you brothers to come forward, the brothers who are scattered towards the, the back and the middle, please do stand up, come forward, Allah bless you. You were here at the beginning before the khutbah began, uh, the angels who were standing by the doors noted down your names, Allah bless you, please do come forward. Fill the rows in front of you and then those who come after you. We'll fill those in thereafter. Last week, I sp if you remember, I spoke about the importance of modesty. And not just modesty externally, but internally. The inner modesty that we have, modesty in, in terms of our actions, modesty in the way that we do things. Haya is not a concept that is a covering. Haya does not just mean hijab. Right, a covering. Haya is a way of life that the Prophet ﷺ himself lived. Haya means that we don't show riya, that we don't show off. Haya, when a person has haya, even their speech becomes uh, uh, an in, internally voices um, their, their, their level or shows their level of, of haya and their modesty. Like Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan, Abdul Rahman ibn Hazm states, that Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan, when he would speak, the companions state that we would, we would take our ears close to his mouth in order to hear the words that were coming from it, or coming from him. That's how soft-spoken he was. And this is a sign of a great individual. The Prophet wasallam said, the sign of a, of, of a leader is that he is soft-spoken. Right? He is soft heart, he is kind hearted, he is approachable. And the only way that you're going to be approachable is if you have a certain level of haya and modesty. Today, uh, what I want to discuss and, and talk about in, in the small amount of time that we have, it's an issue that is, is affecting uh, not only the Muslim, not only the uh, the Asian Muslim community, but the Muslim community worldwide. It's a phenomenon. And that phenomenon is the value that we place in terms of our relationships. 
the importance of, of kinship or the lack thereof uh, in, 21st century, in the 21st century society that we live in. It was only 20, 30, 40 years ago when our parents and our grandparents came to this country from the villages and the towns that they left behind from wherever they came, from whatever country they came from, there was a certain standard right, of, of kinship that they adopted. They knew who their brothers and sisters were, who their aunts and uncles were, who their cousins were, who their grandparents were, and they could retrace their lineage going back centuries. Just fast forward 20, 30, 40 years later, we're living now in a society that promotes uh, self-preservationism, that promotes the self. It promotes the nafs, nafsi, nafsi, just me alone and me alone. Right? We're living in that fast-track society where we don't have time to worry or to think about other people anymore. It's just about me and it's about myself. And that's a scary thought because a cohesive social community or what we term in our religion as ummah is built upon knowing one another, speaking with one another, conversing with one another, understanding that your brothers and sisters of one another. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu, ya ayyuhal, ya ayyuhal nasu taku rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum min nafsin wahidatin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that, O oh people, fear, fear your Lord who created you from a single soul. Now you've spread into millions and billions and trillions of people. But you came from one soul, the creation of one human being, whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honored. So bear, understand that. You know, he didn't just honor. What? Did he honor the physical body of Adam? Did the angels give sajda to the physical body of Adam? Did, they, did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say to them, look at this perfect specimen of a person, of a human being that I created. This perfect specimen of a, of a creation that I have created. No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَعَلَّمَ آدَمَ الْأَسْمَاءِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught Adam the names of all things. And then he presented those names to the malaika. This is in the Quran. And he asked the malaika. And what did the malaika say? They say, we don't know, except what you have taught us, Ya Rabb. After that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Adam, anbi'hum bi'asma'ihim. Go inform them of the names of those things. Inform them of that knowledge that we have granted you. And when uh, Adam informed them of the names, that's when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you know, you don't know what I know. You said this is an individual who's going to uh, create fitna and fasad, spread corruption within the land, and he's just taught you something. He has more knowledge than you. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, now prostrate towards him. Why? Because of his intellect, because of man's capacity to reason, 
because of human beings capacity to show emotion to show feelings to show sympathy to be understanding to be perceptive that perception is what the angels prostrated towards and had 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 the utmost amount of respect towards and that's what we need to bring to the fore you know these bodies that we have they're just vessels you know it's like you know you go to the <coughs> you go to the store and you want to buy a drink it's a specific drink you love what's your favorite drink yeah go on coke water excellent the best of all drinks water so say if your drink was anything other than water it was a juice or or, or a fizzy drink and you go into the store you go into tesco you go into any store down on portsmouth road and you walk in and you've got this array of different drinks that you can choose from right most of them come in the same cans the same plastic bottles except the drink inside them is different right so you've got the the coke plastic bottle the diet coke plastic bottle the fanta the the seven up all of the different wonderful drinks that you have available they come in the same types of bottles made from the same material but the drinks inside are different and they taste completely different these are this is the vessel of a human being each and every one of us has been created externally we look the same but internally we are different and what matters most is not the external what matters most is what's inside that's the most important thing that's where the actual taste is the sweetness is halawat iman the sweetness of faith that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam often talks about often discusses and the only way we can att- attain that or achieve that sweetness is if we get to enjoy it with others you know we can't human beings are creatures of contact of connections physically you know uh, i was reading a study that an individual cannot experience true happiness on their own so i'll give you an example you're in your room alone or your house alone and your family are nowhere to be seen or nowhere to be found and you get some good news some news that makes you ecstatic go through the roof you've gained your degree you passed your exams what happens you experience this this adrenaline rush which which the joy and the happiness inside you inside you brings but then it's quickly crushed is quickly brought back down why because you have nobody to share that news with you have nobody to share and extend that joy and that happiness and continue to, to allow it to continue to run through your body so you get happy then you think okay should i do now and you go back to normal again you'll flatline in a way whereas on the other hand if you had people around you your brothers and sisters and, and your family and you achieved this good or you, these good grades or or your degree or whatever else that made you so joyful and so ha- so happy 
Suddenly, your joy and happiness is now extended. You're allowed to tell people. You've got people around you who can share in that joy and that happiness with you. And that's what kinship is. This is why the Prophet ﷺ stressed upon kinship so much. My young brothers who are here, my young sisters who are here, you know, we, we live in a day and age where I often come across people who are often saying, my boys, my girls, my, my friends. Friends are the most important people in my life. You know, I've got friends who I can rely on. They got my back. Whatever happens, they will be there for me. I know you feel like that now. Right? It's a, it's a natural feeling of, of youthful exuberance that you feel that way now. But I can assure you, our elders sitting here can assure you that nobody will stand by you in your joys and share in your joys and your happiness and in your sorrow and your grief like your family can. Someone said, you know, I, you, we often hear that fra- uh, phrase, you know, friends are the family that I chose. Right? No, there's a family that you were given. And that family that you were given was given to you as a gift by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Honor those relationships. Honor them. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam came into this world. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was born an orphan. His father passed away sallallahu alayhi wasallam before he was born. His honorable mother passed away when he was only six years old. His pillar of support thereafter, his grandfather passed away when he was eight years old. Then his uncle Abu Talib took care of him. And Abu Talib also passed away when the Prophet was busy in preaching his, his, his message and gaining that trust of the people and bringing more and more people into the religion. The Prophet forever honored the relationships that he had. That young slave girl who, who nursed the Prophet when his mother passed away in Abwa and she was, he was being brought back to Mecca and he's six years old. That slave girl who nursed him, the Prophet that individual she became a Muslim thereafter when the Prophet ﷺ openly preached his religion or openly preached uh, worship to Allah Azawajal. And whenever she would come into the room, the Prophet ﷺ would stand up to meet her. He would stand up to greet her. Sayyidah Halima radiallahu ta'ala anha. That was Umm Ayman. Sayyidah Halima radiallahu ta'ala anha. The one who, who suckled and breastfed the Prophet his foster mother, whenever the Prophet would encounter her or when he, she would come into his presence, he would stand up to honor her. He would take off his cloak and he would wrap it up and then he would place it down as a seat for her to sit on. And once she sat down, then he would sit down. This is khayru khalqillah. This is the best of Allah's creation. This is the individual about whom Allah states in the Quran, We've not sent you except as a mercy for all of creation. 
And we've honored you. And certainly you have the best character, the best of morals, the best role model for everybody to follow. And this is how he honored those relationships around him. We talk about kinship, right? Your family members, your aunts and your uncles, your grandparents, brothers and sisters. The Prophet the year that his wife passed away, Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha, the year that his uncle, pillar of support, Abu Talib passed away, is known as the year of what? The year of huzn or hazn, the year of sorrow. Where the Prophet sallallahu uh, um, psychologically suffered in the sense that the Prophet sallallahu was aggrieved. He was sorrowful, he was sad at the loss of these two pillars of support in his life. And he is the Prophet والسلام, who is in direct communi- communion or communication with Allah Azza wa Jal. He is receiving wahi from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is protected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like nobody before him and nobody after him has been. So we need those physical relationships too. It's Im- imperative that we nurture and cultivate those relationships. You know, our young people, and this is not a, a, a slur against you. It isn't. But I see more, more and more young people showing love and appreciation to their friends and people who they encounter, who they're not related to, more so than the love uh, that they show to their parents or the love that they show to their brothers and sisters. People are now closer with their friends and feel like their friends understand them better and know them better and they know them better than their own brothers and sisters do. This is something that, that's fine, it's good that you have those friends there for you, but never ever underestimate the impact that a family can have on you. Your parents who raised you, who took care of you, Your family members who have been with you through thick and thin, who will always remain by your side. You can never discard them. And only a fool will do such a thing. Only a fool will discard his family members or her family members for the sake of of somebody else who they don't know. I came across a young brother and he said to me, you know, I'm closer with my friends than I, uh, and than I am with my family and my friends who he, who he was living with. And uh, he had left his family uh, to, and he had gone into this crowd of, of, of friends who he felt were doing, uh, you know, who, who, who he was very close to and they were the best thing for him, but they were leading him astray. You know, he, he wasn't living a clean life. And he said, what have, my, my, what have my parents ever done for me? What have my family ever done for me? Look at, look at my, they threw me out. He said, my family, my parents, my father said, if you're going to continue to do this, get out of my house. And my friends opened their doors and welcomed me. And I said, you know what? The difference is that when your father threw you out, he didn't do so for himself. He did it for you. And that when your friends opened their doors, and welcomed you in, they didn't do it for you, they did it for themselves. That's the difference. They only cared about themselves. 
and what you brought to them in that environment of decadence and sin. Whereas your father wanted to bring you back to the path. And it's imperative that we understand these relationships that we have, cultivate them, because there will come a time, believe you me, no matter the most hardened of individuals, there will come a time when your parents are not there any longer and your family members, your brothers and sisters, and you're going to think to yourself, you know what, I had the opportunity that time to spend more time, to spend more time with my brothers and sisters, to spend more time with grandparents, uncles and aunts, but instead I wasted it. Instead, I didn't take that opportunity. And you're going to regret these moments. Don't think of it as just uh, something that you should do or as a recommendation. This is a religious requirement for you to know your lineage. The Prophet wasallam, in fact, encouraged the companions. That learn about your lineage to facilitate keeping ties of kinship. The Prophet wasallam, spoke uh, glowingly for those who join the ties of kinship, bring people together, telling us that ar-rahim, the, the, the womb or the relations of the, the womb, like your blood relations, are shujnatun min Allah. They are derived from Allah. These are granted to you and gifted to you by Allah. Honor those relationships. Whoever joins them has joined with Allah. And whoever cuts them off, whoever severs those ties, he is severed ties with Allah. You know, I've come across, and we have this in all of our families. There's brothers and sisters who are here today, and there's brothers and sisters who are not. But this is a, a, a phenomenon that each and every one of us in some way or, or another has experienced or members in our, our family or extended family have experienced. That we have people, family members, whether it be brothers and sisters, uncles, aunts, parents, grandparents, you know, cousins who we're not on good relations or on, on good terms with. And we've broken off, we've cut those ties of kinship with them. Either we don't converse with them or they don't converse with us. And we will always stick up for ourselves or stand up for ourselves and say, well, actually, you know, there's nothing that I can do. I haven't cut off ties with him. He's cut off ties with me. So, you know, he's not talking to me. So there's nothing that I can do. So therefore, I'm not actually severing. I did not cut off that tie. He did. Let me tell you what the Prophet ﷺ said about enjoining those ties. Merely maintaining the ties of kinship are not adequate. The Prophet ﷺ said, connecting, you know that man wasalaha wasalahullah, whoever connects those ties has connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That means connecting with those, those ties, those individuals who have severed their ties with you. Those individuals who have cut off ties with you, maintaining still a cordial relationship and continuing to join those ties back together. That's maintaining your, your, or the ties of kinship. That's acting upon the ahadith of the Prophet wasallam, And joining those ties. So it's not about, say if someone has stopped talking to you 
And you say, okay, well, he's cut off ties with me. No, you continue to do good to him. You continue to say, no, I'm going to try. Irrespective of whether this person doesn't want to speak to me, but I'm going to speak to him. If he doesn't want to give salam to me, I will be the first to give salam to him. If he doesn't want to gift anything to me, I'm going to gift, give, give gifts to him. That's maintaining ties. That's something that we, we don't understand or don't comprehend. And that's something that we have to enjoy more often. And it's imperative that we do so. Uh, lastly, just a few practical steps to maintain those. How can we maintain ties in, a, uh, in the society, in the world that we live in today? Where it's constantly, where we're always on our phones and we have techno- technology had made, has so, made so many advances. You know, we often talk about how people were connected. You know, when our parents and our grandparents left from their countries and came here to settle in the UK, they maintained ties with their family members back home, even though they hadn't physically seen them for years. Right? Physically, they hadn't seen them for years. They might not have spoken to them on the phone for months, but they still maintained that, that love and that connect from the hearts was always there. Now, literally anywhere in the world, you can pick up your phone, make, uh, you know, uh, press a few buttons, and you're connected to anybody anywhere in the world. And we've got all of that, all of those facilities available at our fingertips, but we don't utilize them. Because within the heart, we don't have that sense of, of connection that we should have. So first and fo- foremost is your children, and your children are here today, teach them about their lineage. Like the Prophet Wasallam said, find out who your relatives are. There's, 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 there's children here and children among our, in our communities who don't know who, the names of their first cousins. They only know their own family, brothers and sisters, don't even know the names of their first cousins. Why is that? Is that their fault? No, it's your fault for not teaching them. It's your fault for not enjoying those relations, maintaining those ties with them. So first and foremost, teach your children uh, who their relatives are. If you don't know who your relatives are, find out. Find out their contact details. Get in touch with them. Talk to your elders. Sit in the company of the elders. This is sitting in the company. This is akin to sitting in the company of the pious. Why? Because it breathes your maturity. Respect them. Don't look down upon them. Their customs, their values, and their way of life. It may be different from yours, but respect it nonetheless. Look at the example of the Prophet sallallahu how he would honor and respect elders. He would stand up for them and seat them, uh, seat them down right next to him. Be like that. Always taking advice from elders. The Prophet who needn't take advice from anyone. He was in communication with Allah, yet he would look towards the elders and say, advise me, oh see me. And, the, and he would seek their advice, seek their counsel, and accept it readily. Visit, invite them for food, take them out, help them in the time of need. We, we are quick to, to, uh, to help our friends in need, but when a family member comes to us, we are quick to brush them off. Spread your, your zakat and your sadaqah upon them. Be the focal point of your family and resolve. The most important thing is resolve those problems that you may have once and for all because there's going to come a time when you're going to be questioned when you had time why didn't you take those opportunities may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me and you the tawfiq and the ability 
to act upon the teachings of the Quran, the noble sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the ability to maintain the ties of kinship that we have to enjoin them and to become closer together in order for us to be one ummah of the Prophet alayhi salatu wassalam wa akhirul da'wana. And alhamdulillahi rabbil alam.